We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, Mizzou Nation? Welcome to Making Mizzou, brought to you by 360 Vodka on the Kansas City Sports Network. I'm your host, Martin T. Rucker II, my co-host, Tommy Saunders, and today we have a very special guest. A lot of you know him as GP, but you don't know what the G stands for. It actually stands for Godfather, okay? This is Godfather <laughs> He brought in the new era of Mizzou football. Uh, when he came to Mizzou and took a chance on Mizzou back in 2000, 2001. And so, Coach Pinkle, thank you so much for coming on the show. How are you doing? Tell us what you're up to these days and um, how you feeling. I'm doing great. Uh, you know, people ask me about my cancer. My cancer is in some kind of remission, which is good, obviously. And so I'm doing fine with that. You know, constantly always working on taking care of my health the best I can. And, you know, prayers to all those folks who are out there uh, doing those things. Right now, I'm currently in Florida uh, for a few days, uh, and uh, you, know, you asked me to be on this, and I'm honored to do that. I know you've got a lot of great people on this already, and certainly honored that you would that you would uh, ask me to be on it. You know, we, uh, you know, we all us, us you, you two, and, and me, and coaches and teammates did a lot of special things, and uh, we had a lot of impact on each other, and uh, I think it was really uh, really great. And I'm, I'm excited to be with you. Awesome. Thanks so much again, Coach. And, uh, you know, Tommy, you got anything you want to add real quick before we jump in? No, Coach, just saying, man, thanks for everything. Uh, I, I uh, always a pleasure to be a part of anything you're doing, going to your golf tournaments and, and still feeling like we're a part of a team. And those years that we're there were just so special. The growth that we had from 04 to um, – 07 was just uh, part of something special. And I think that uh, there's always a bonded connection between everybody that was a part of that group because there was so many impactful things that really changed our lives um, and uh, the experiences that you just don't get. It's what, you know, college sports and what your life is, what you um, dream of, you know, and those bonds I think have um, stuck with us uh, until today. And they will stick forever. You know, I, I've, been, I've been fortunate to Washington working for Don James, who I played for back in Ohio, Kent State, mm-hmm. and worked for him. I, I've been back since I retired. I've been back to a couple of reunions in Rose Bowl 
teams and some things like that. And I hadn't seen those guys for 18 years, 20 years, and we're hugging each other like we saw them yesterday. And, and it's not only the, the relationship of being on a team, but when you win at a high level, the bond is even, you guys, you guys know what I'm talking about, the bond is like, you can't yep. touch it, man. It's, it's sacred. And, and that's what you guys did, and that's, what, that's where you're all a part of. And uh, so that's, that's been you know, the winning component of that's big. And that's why, you know, we've been talking a little bit, too, of getting together and trying to get Dr. Kaufman and some of you other guys uh, trying to have the university do a little bit more and try to get our championship teams up there and make sure we take care of those, those people who've done a lot of great things. Absolutely. Um, you know, we all want to get right to those winning years and to those successful years we had. Um, you know, but in the early going, boy, it was tough sledding. <laughs> it was tough sledding before we got there. And then even 03, when I got there, you know, we went to that bowl game and we lost to Arkansas. And then the next year we were supposed to be better and we didn't go to a bowl game. We dropped those games late in the year. And so, you know, just talk a little bit about, to me, I see some of those same comparisons a little bit with the team that we've got going on at Mizzou right now. And well, what, we had things- to do, yeah, what we had to do is we had to change the culture, you know, and, mm-hmm. and you've had two winning seasons in, in 17 years or how many years it was. That's what we inherited. And, yeah. and both, all of us were good kids, but obviously they didn't know how to win. Sure. And they all had a lot of reasons and excuses for things, which is very, very normal. But when you go in it, you have to change the standards of everything you do. You have to create a culture. You have to learn how to compete. You have to learn how to work with your team. You have to be learn how to be great leaders. You have to learn how to play player development, get stronger, faster, quicker. You have to learn how to be a good student. And everybody united working together, and that's remarkably difficult to do as a staff. As slowly it changes. And then you guys got in there. You guys got to get in at three. Is that what you did? Yeah, four, three. Three, mm-hmm. yeah. And you saw what it was like. It was just a bunch of guys uh, concerned about themselves and – but slowly things changed. We stuck with a pattern, the same pattern I played, the same thing with Isaac Kent State. Don James comes in there, and it was a, it was really an ugly place when he got there. And slowly but surely, it changed. People jumped on board. They, they understand that you could learn how to trust us. And that started with all of us coaches. You want, we want, I used to tell my, player, right, my staff, do you want our players to pass you? You ask our players to passionately care about them football, but they're not going to do it unless you passionately care about them. It's not going to work. And when you get caring, then you get trust. That's how the whole thing works. Mm-hmm. So we as a staff had to earn that. We had to earn that. So you would accept that and understand these guys really care about us. They care us about being better people. They care about us winning. They, they care about us, um, you know, being good students mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. And when that happens, the trust happens, then you slowly start marching up like this. And that's what we did. I get chills talking about it uh, <laughs> all the time. But that was remarkably difficult to, to do. And I think a lot of those guys that were in there in 2001 and two and three, at least they got to the bowl in three. Right. Uh, they got a little taste of what was going on. But I really thank those guys, you know, I, and I don't thank them enough because they stood with us. There's a bunch of those guys that quit. Sure. A bunch of those guys bailed. They didn't want anything to do with us. <laughs> I, have I ever told you about the first Matt program? You know, Matt's well as Matt is stuff that you do at six o'clock in the morning, and it's like being in hell a little bit. Yep. Uh, but a little it, bit. You, you learn to make yourself better and everything. Well, our first one we had, the first one we had in our indoor facility, we had the whole thing set up, three stations, and we're going. And I was standing at the stairs over there, like 14 guys were going to quit. I said, they're, they're just going to quit. I'm out of here. I'm sorry. I said, you go and think about what you're doing. So anyway, we, we, we corralled that a little bit. We were done. I went back in, talked to some players. I went back in the locker room, the coach's locker room, and they're all sitting there. And they're all sitting like this. 
Like, like they were all depressed. I tell you, there were 18 coaches like that. There wasn't one guy looking everywhere. And I said, you guys are probably asking yourself what we got ourselves into. And they said, you're damn right we are, coach. I said, we got a lot of work. We got a lot of work to do. But I pray for those guys that stuck it out. They didn't have to. And they got a taste of what we are and who we are about and also how we care for our players. We certainly were mm-hmm. tough-minded. We wanted to win, wanted to be competitive. But, you know, we also wanted to earn your trust. And so uh, – it was a tough getting going, and then uh, we get some great recruits in. We got and you guys develop, and just, your stats are staggering. And and then you know you start adding, saying a bunch of names, and sure. we went to a different level nationally. Yeah, and talk about that a little bit because I see those similarities with Coach Drink staff as well. As you know, they're having a little bit of success. They're not quite there yet. They're on the right track, but they're bringing in the recruits. They're winning the recruiting battle. And in the early going, I feel like if you don't have all the success on the field, you've got to be having success somewhere to point to to say, we're on the right track. We're going in the right direction. How do you get convinced these kids to come here when things aren't the best? Well, I think that's difficult. I think you got to get them just to trust you. I think the other thing you have to understand with Coach Drink and that whole staff, he comes in his first year and he has two spring practices. Yeah. Then you back it up. Then they played some games, didn't play other games. Players were here or they weren't here. Right. Everything you wanted to teach, you know, it's just kind of like when you got there, you know, you found out how we do things and why we are who we are. You mm-hmm. learned. Yeah, 15 practices. Now the coaches last year could have made guys in moves, you know, from this position to that position, you know, just got in the program. Right. And now all of a sudden you got two practices. You're supposed to figure all that stuff out. Yeah. Uh, that's well, it's almost you almost have to put an asterisk next to it and say don't count this year. Sure. Uh, at the end of the day. And mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, it's, it's we all coach and we got better players, good players. Uh, we talk about it, uh, making decisions. Uh, you know, you know, selling who we are, just being honest. Mm-hmm. I remember going in your guys' homes and just being honest with what, who we are. And, and hopefully you could tell from my background a little bit that, you know, we kind of knew what we were doing a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but we also, you know, we set a stand for the hoops, uh, set a pace for what we want to be and how we're going to be. And as you well know it, all the coaches are on the same page. Right. And then slowly all the players did. And then we slowly start seeing us get better. We lost some games like you know, we had a good start. In 2003, we go to a bowl game. That's great, great. Then we come back, have a good year. It's going a little bit. Then we lose our five, last five games. Don't go to a bowl. Things are not very good. But everybody like yourself, younger guys, instead of whining and complaining, you trusted us, and you got better and better and better. And right. you can't create a you create a culture with all these systems I'm talking about, but it, it doesn't happen overnight. You can be lucky and have a year or two good to go. But at the end of the day, right. you have an infrastructure that helps young men be better people, better mm-hmm. students, better football players, and, 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 and being part of a better team. And that's kind of what we did. And, I, and, I, and again, you got all these great coaches around me, all these great people, you know, Pat Ivey, Rex Sharp, and I can go through all these guys, Mike Alden. I know we had Mike Alden on there too. These guys are great people. Um, and then we developed a great leadership, and I'm talking about two great leaders as you okay. develop in our program. But you don't just walk in and say, a guy can be a good leader, let's go. Right. You know, we start training and right. every year you're there, we do it more. The point I'm trying to make, there's not, there's not, this is, there's nothing about luck here. Right. There's right. You know, systems in place. So I look at Eli and I, and I, you know, it's been a tough year this year. Uh, you know, I think it will settle down and, you know, we're certainly very supportive. Mm-hmm. One thing we have though, too, uh, because you guys helped build it, that stadium right now is rocking. That stadium yeah. is, it's as good as there is in the country. And by the way, we're going to get a new indoor facility. You probably yep. hear about that too. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, they're doing all the things building. I told Mike Baldwin, I said, you're going to, you're going to get into the SEC. 
you better have something going on every year. Every year, <laughs> you got to build it. It might not be football all the time, but you might build a volleyball. <laughs> I mean, you're going to have to do something. If you want to be in this league, that's what you had. And you know what? They've been doing that. And that's yeah, right. Yeah. Enzo, when you guys have been in that, you're part of building that. Sure. That's how the Enzo project was. I mean, that's my dream. You know, Mike Alden and I started that, and they took it and ran with it. And yeah. just did a phenomenal job. Awesome. Well, that's great, Coach. Well, you know, like you're talking about your systems. What I, as I look back and I think back of the time that we spent, you come into the program, you start implementing the systems, and I don't have to tell you how hard it is to change people, to change the players. But what um, we saw was the coaches change as well. You know, we whenever I came in, you couldn't wear earrings in the facility, shirt tucked in all the time. Those these are small things, but Victory Sunday. But there was a, a, a change that we saw in the coaches where a lot of times with coaching staff, it's like, this is our way. This is how we do it. What sparked that change and how do you think that impacted the team and the play on the field? Because some of those things like the earrings and the and some of those just subtle rules to create discipline got removed. And there was other um, ways that we disciplined us and, and got us to. Um, build our relationships. What sparked that, and how did you see the impact of that? Well, that's a really good point, uh, Tommy. Uh, you know, when when you go in, you set the standards really high, okay? And you got to decide who wants to stay around there, who doesn't want to stay around there. You don't try to get rid of people. You just, I used to say, the standards of winning, and that's what we did. But you, as you well know, and you knew this as your senior year, but you also know is, is uh, we'd have captains every year. They're generally seniors. I'm not sure at that time they were. But I always met with the seniors every week during this football season. And we had senior meetings and we had other meetings. Remember, we were developing our program. And I think that was a lot of the thing. You just hear a couple of players come into my senior meeting with me and say something to me or my coaches and say, do you think, Coach, that, you know, we've been doing this for a long time, having earrings here, is it pulling them? I said, do you think it's okay? So I talked to seniors at that particular year. And I said, what do you guys think? You know, you think we, we're going to be okay with that? Yeah, let's do it. Let's take it off. So, you know, I, I think one of the great things is when you, when you when you start getting guys committed, they care about the team. They also have ideas and thoughts to make us better. And I used to ask you guys all the time about that. Did we take everything? No. But did we take some things? We certainly did. And so that's why we had, and Tom, to your point, that's why we had to adjust too. You know, we had to keep our ears open, our eyes open. Yeah, but we also understood, you know, you got a lot of great people around kids, players, like home kids, all those guys around you. And they, and they, and they have come with good ideas. Uh, as long as we maintain the standards of who we are and what we're about, then let's go for it. And, you know, we did have a lot of things as, as time went on. You don't want to ever cross my players from Toledo because it's <laughs> crazy. By the way, I went to the 1995, then we were 10 and 2 that, 10-0 and one or two that year. We ended up 18th in the nation, 1995. And I had all those guys I have not seen. Do the math on that one. You're <laughs> married, got four kids, all that other stuff. Yeah. But I mean, these guys were, you know, they, they were, you know, afterwards. And so before you guys, and, and they were, it was just really neat to see all those guys and we're hugging each other and thanking each other. And but those guys had it really rough. I, you know, I was, I was too hard at times. So. Right. Well, you I mean, you played back when men were men. And, uh, <laughs> and, and you know, kids are soft. Now. What do you think? That, the, <laughs> they didn't have paper the, back then. They had boards with nails in them. And they yeah. Them the <laughs> now they're getting paid to play. Yes. You know, what do you think the, uh, the biggest changes from when you were growing up playing college ball to – 
to now in the game itself? How has it changed? Is it is it the passing game? Is it um, bigger, faster, stronger? What what do you think has changed the most? Well, in the game itself, I think it's kind of neat to see the ideas on offense and defense and concepts. It's not like, you know, why couldn't we figure this out 15 years ago? But things, you know, without going through a lot of names and verbiage, so many things change. And it's, it's so great to see that, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are more great players than ever. You know, look at the great players now in the NFL. I mean, generally you'd see three or four a year that are really, really good. Now I see 10 or 12. But I think a lot of it's changed. College football? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I hope it works. I mean, I, no question. I, I love what I did. And I love being a part of that. I love playing. I was, I was a player also. But, you know, the NIL, name, image, likeness, paying players, I have nothing wrong doing that. I have a problem if the quarterback's making a million a year and, they all, and, the, and, the, and the right guard is making $1,000 a week. I have, I, have, I have a problem with that, you know, from a team standpoint. This is in the NFL, okay? But I think the NCAA should have done something like this years ago because it's, a, it's our constitution. You can't just grab somebody in his face and put it next to you and make money off of it. You can't do it. Yeah. But uh, anyway, I think that's that's problematic. Uh, although, like I said before, I think, it was, I think it's really good that they did it. I don't have the answers for To me, the right way to do it is all the guys that are playing, all of me divide the bunch of monies up together, and you give each one equal. That's what I would do. Okay, I mean, that's the team, team, Gary Pinkle, you know. It's not, it's not we'll see what happens. We will see. This will, this will tell a story. The portal's a whole different thing, too. You know, t- you know, things got tough for you, Ruck, time, and things got tough for you. You didn't come off and say, I'm going to go somewhere else. Okay, I don't want to do this. You're not, you're not being nice enough to me. A lot of players came in to me. They were immature and said, I want to get out of here and everything like that. Well, I know you got to stay. This is why you got to do and everything. Now I'm not going to go, guy, go, just go leave and take off. And by the way, to, to stay and get better and learn how to add, add adversity made you a better man and you a better man. Yeah. That's what it did. And so uh, that's problematic for me. I have trouble with that. You know, um, we'll see where it goes. I mean, so there's several things going on in college football. We'll see what happens. I want it to be very successful. <laughs> But, you know, the thing with NIL, too, there's no, there's no standards. Right. You know, there's very few rules. You know, you know how crazy this world is. I mean, yeah. who knows what's going to happen? And what do, you, what do you know when you're, when you're starting tailback as a, you know, you know, drives up with a new Corvette, you know, parks right next to yours. And, uh, and by the way, he's, his, his personality has changed a little bit because he's the man now. <laughs> yeah. Before he was just a hardworking guy. Now he drives his Corvette around. And he's a different guy, which makes your team a different team. Yeah. So, yeah very complex internally to me uh, what what happens and what goes on. And it's just interesting to look forward three years from now and kind of see what has happened and we'll grade it. Uh, yeah. But now, you know, still the most important thing you can do is get your degree. So there's a few players going to play for a lot of years. Most players won't play hardly any years in the NFL. Your, your education, except for a few players, is going to be key to your success in what you do. And so I don't think, you know, we can never not emphasize that enough. That's, that's, that's me. Yeah. Um, you mentioned, you know, when you were the first year after Matt drills, the coaches in the locker room just kind of, you know, dejected and <laughs> not quite sure what was going on. You are, and I played for five different organizations in the NFL and being in college and seeing what goes on in the game now. And, you know, we even recently lost, uh, D-line coach here at Mizzou. Mm-hmm. How did you keep your staff together for 
10 – I mean, those guys followed you from Toledo and then stayed at Mizzou until, you know, I mean, years and years, right? And the only reason they left was because they got head coaching jobs. Like, how did you not only help the team be – make the team successful and keep our teams together, but also keep your coaching staff together? Well, I think there are two things. One, there's a family part of it. And what happened to me when I was, you know, back in the day when I was at Washington – I didn't go back to the years I was there, but when I was at Washington uh, from 1978 to 1990, uh, 10, 12, 12 years, 11 bowls, 12 years. When I was when I was at Washington, uh, we we worked from Sunday night to 11 o'clock, Monday night to 11 o'clock, Tuesday night to 11 o'clock, Wednesday night till seven, and Thursday we got to see our family. Well, fast forward 10, 15 years, we all got computers now. Most of the stuff we did early in the weeks, we, we just gathered stats, believe it or not, guys. It's hard to believe. There was no computers then. So what you had to do is you had to do a stats. You had, you had calculators. They called them calculators. And we had all this information. And then we had, to, we had to go through the film. We started cutting the film up. Then eventually went to video. Nobody wanted to do video. It was early stages. But technology was changing. So when I became the head coach at Toledo, what I did is I, you know, we had computers then. We were we were well advanced. We could break the computer. We can ask for all the first downs and, and the plus 25 zones of fields. You can do all those things. They even got there. And so what I did with our staff is I told them, I said, we want to be out of here uh, by 7 o'clock. We started start at uh, 10, 10 on Sundays, and we'll be here till 7. Uh, we start at 7 in the morning. We'll be done at 7 until after practice on Mondays. We did it on Tuesday. So my guys, every single – I don't care if we want to lost a game. They got to go home, put their kids to bed, and say hello to them every day. Sure. That was the first thing I did. And we were way ahead of that because back in the day, man, if you spent 14 hours a day in the, lock, in, in, in the office, you did it after that, then that means you were winning. Well, right. that doesn't necessarily true. And if that's the case, I would have stayed and done it. But I saw the window from a family standpoint that play, they would attack to him. And I would like to think, and you should probably ask them because this isn't fair enough to ask me. I, and I wasn't the happiest guy to be around a lot. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I think I was very respectful how we did things, how we managed things. I didn't show favoritism to coaches, some people over other people's, as I did with players. Mm -hmm. I treat everybody the same. Um, you know, I, we, we, when I critiqued, I critiqued in the right way. And we all learned from the Katriks. We all made ourselves better. We actually, we did the same way with football players, too. But I like to think that, that we handled that right. And they saw a vision of success um, that I saw with Coach James when I played for him. And I went out to Washington and worked for him. Because, you know, there's not too much continuity in, in, in college football. You're, 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 if you're lucky, you, you'll, if you're really lucky, you'll probably just be in four places your whole career. Right. If you're really lucky. If you're normal, you're probably five, six, or seven at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And so the way it was for us, I think they saw security, as I did with Coach James. I had security for 12 years. Right. And I think they saw it at Toledo, and we won at a high level, and then we took most everybody and brought them over. I've had to make a few coaching changes in my life. but um, And I would like to think the infrastructure, how we ran, we showed that we cared about each other, and we, we cared about their families, um, that we did things the right way. I always tell coaches I'd rather get fired than than to than, than cheat, just you know that's way Coach Don James was. That's why I was going to be too. Don't cheat. Don't do anything. Right. We're not. I'm not going to be a part of anything like that. So there's a there's a lot in there, but that's kind of what you know what I think the reason why we kept that staff and and that as you're building a program, especially a program that down and out, mm -hmm. two and seasons, seventeen years, that continuity really helps if you can keep it together. 
Yeah. <laughs> you guys are around. You can tell you can tell a young receiver in 2008, you can tell a young receiver, freshman being recruited, coming in, you're talking to them. Hey, these coaches are great. They're here. They're around to their family people. Remember, we started taking uh, in, the, in the spring, we started having uh, like we used to have a group of coaches over or your position coaches house. Family dinner. Coaches yeah. houses and, and just that we just developed that kind of family stuff that, that we just we got ideas from players on that. I think that's yeah. what we did. We got players for that. And, so anyway, make a long story short, I think that's that was very very important. That continuity is for us to build in a program that that you know uh, had to learn how to win and, and learn what it understood to win. Mm-hmm. Going back to a little bit of transitioning, Tommy was touched on this a little bit, but when we went from um, the Big Twelve to the SEC, talk a little bit about that transition and what it meant to be in the SEC. You know, things that were different on the field and off the field. You talked a little bit about facilities and things like that, but you had to recruit differently. You had to recruit different players and all those things. And in the Pinkle mantra, you had to do it the right way. You couldn't yes. cheat. And yes. So I know that was tough. <laughs> so talk about that transition a little bit. And how uh, you that, was, <laughs> that was something um, that, you know, we were, we were talking to the big 12 and the big 12 was going, things were going on then where, where some people were going to leave or change or things like that. And I remember uh, our, our athletic director, Mike Baldwin, had come back, I think, from a meeting, and he got the assurance from, I think it was, uh, uh, I believe it was, uh, what was it, what was the team? I think it was Oklahoma and, and one of the teams that were going to stay in the league. And then all of a sudden, they, they were saying politically, well, we're not sure what we're going to do to the media and that. And then all of a sudden, the SEC comes and knocks on the door. And I think we had no idea really might what happened. We just saw it happen with, with Texas and Oklahoma and what around our country. We had no idea what might be happening. And so now here's the SEC. And, you know, I, I always tell a guy, if you want to be head coach, don't go to the SEC. <laughs> you might not be there that long. Okay. <laughs> but at the end of the day, because the competition is, is really, really, you know, the best teams in the Big 12 were always as good as the best teams in the SEC. Trouble with the teams in the SEC, they had double the amount of best teams. That's what I kind of tell people. They just yeah. did. It's a line of scrimmage league. Um, but at the end of the day, I thought that was the right, th- you know, that we thought that was the right thing to do and go into it. And, and so we had to kind of re- we had to start recruiting in some different areas. Also, we started adding like that into Atlanta more and then Florida and, and jump around to those, those places like that. We had to change there. And, you know, I thought the first, you know, we, we first year we did okay. Second year, and the first year we had a losing season. And we had a pretty good team though. And you guys, the, the team, you know, you guys set up team of 10, you know, 2010, Team 2007, eight. You guys set set that stuff up there uh, for for winning. And I, the thing I just kind of felt that first year, our guys were let's just kind of felt felt the pressure of playing in the SEC. Yeah. And then and then I I just kind of I forget what head coach was at a I forget what is a, a NFL evaluation day at our place. And I got a chance to talk to him. I forget who it was. And he said to me, he says, man, he goes, you know, I can't. I, I know he was playing in the NFL, coaching the NFL. He used to be head coach in college. And he was saying, gosh, I love it, man. I love being the head coach in the NFL. You know, the NFL, I mean, you talk about tough coaching. It's really yeah. tough. And so I decided from that point on, that's what the rest of my team's going to hear from here. And I'm starting doing it with my seniors, with those guys, and tell them, hey, man, we, we get a chance to play these great stadiums and more of an attitude, let's go kick butt, rather than, oh, my gosh. And I think it was too much, oh, my gosh, our first year. And we won two good divisional championships, you know, the next two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, with with you know leaning back on your guys' leadership and what you did, so I think that kind of that kind of was it. It's a great league to be in, but you know, hold on, man, you gotta you gotta be good and you gotta have answers. Uh, 
it was just crazy this year. It's just all over the place. It's just yeah. nuts. Yeah. <laughs> so, Coach, me and Ruck have been in a handful of uh, team meetings where there's been some guys that would uh, <laughs> kind of doze off a little bit. All right, and you would get it. You would get in. Uh, at what point do you look back and laugh at some of those moments of just these kids, these kids being immature? Yeah. Some of these characters that you dealt with at the time, <laughs> it's not funny at all. You're trying to be disciplined. Now that you're done, you kind of look back at some of these guys that were like a great Bracy that was just joking all the time. <laughs> Didn't matter what he was doing. Um, do you ever look at those moments? Right? Yeah, they learn there's the right place to do it and the wrong place to do it. Yes. <laughs> right. So do you ever look back and laugh at some of those moments? Like, I can't believe these kids were doing this. Like, what do you kind of think about some of those moments of these guys? You know, oh, going yeah, to a team meeting is one thing. <laughs> uh, but I just think that some of that stuff is kind of uh, funny as you look back on it. It is. And, I, you know, coaches laugh at that a little bit after that over. And I'll, I'll call a guy out, you know, get right in his face. You know, <laughs> you know I saw it. Yeah. <laughs> and all you guys, you older players, you're probably 100 to try not to laugh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yelling, yelling at us. So yeah. um, it's just like this. I, I don't, I don't, I don't remember twice in the, in the 15 years I was at Missouri, there, there's anybody late for a meeting. You, you guys didn't walk in late. A couple no, of times happened. <laughs> they were halfway down the aisle and then they were halfway out of the, out of the room. By the time yeah. I got done with it, and not because I'm a tough guy, I'm not saying that, but you know, this is all. You know, discipline has a lot to do with you know going to class. Discipline has a lot. How, yeah. how, do you, how do you train? Discipline has a lot to do with how you study. You know, how your relationships with people, men, women. You know, there's 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 a lot of ways in doing it, and standards for who you are. We were not going to let the tiniest thing go by. Yeah, the tiniest thing. If, if I didn't like it and didn't say it, a lot of times I would see something you didn't know this. But I see a guy, and maybe he's a little bit older guy for some reason, you know, I, he was kind of – and I tried to eye-stare him down a little bit. And then after, <laughs> after, after the meeting, though, players didn't generally didn't see it. After, after the meeting, but that, that, that st- next staff meeting, uh, they said, listen, Tom, when, when you know, Johnson, Johnny, did you see him back? So just tell him I'm going to call him out again if he does that, okay? <laughs> and he's got to be a leader out there. He doesn't sit there and, you know, I've had a tough day. You're not allowed to have a tough day in that meeting. You can't do it. And so I, I took care of that, some of the older guys sometimes. But the younger guys, it was just tagging on, man. It's, <laughs> that's a part of the, a discipline. It's attention yeah, to detail. absolutely. And you, you learn discipline from all these little things. And I learned from playing for Don James. And hopefully you learn some of those things from, from your position coaches and, and, and playing for me, too, that you can apply. Absolutely. And I can absolutely. attest I was a recipient of uh, – the, the nod. I was nodding one day and I got the eyes and <laughs> I sat there and Coach, uh, Coach Walker came to me after practice and he said, Coach saw you. He said he didn't call you out, but you got 250 yards of gassers today. <laughs> well, my veteran players, you know, that happened a little bit. But, you know, again, it's all about accountability and being disciplined. That's what it is. Yep. And, uh, and then after a while, guys take pride. And, you know, what's one real important, I'll get off this real quick, what's real important is when you got – when you have 10 different coaches and they got 10 different groups of players, you know, I'm going to say 70% of the, pro- I'm just guessing number 70% of the programs mm-hmm. in the nation, you know, a lot of position coach kind of does his own discipline as players, but we didn't, what we did, we did as a team, as a family. So when you went to coach Walker's room or you went to coach Hill's room, if you were late for a meeting, 
then your butt would be responsible after practice, whatever you would call it. And we did the same thing about both. But some of these places where players were there, I never get in trouble. I can be 10 minutes late, he won't say anything. Some other coach said, well, gosh, when I do it, I, you know, I have to do, do up-downs after practice. But, but you know, developing that continuity and trust, yeah. and everybody's accountable for the same things, and everybody pays the price, and nobody gets off of everything, that's where the trust factor goes up a little bit. Sounds funny, but it's true. So, Coach, if, uh, if you're going to go back and start year one head coach, what uh, would you do differently, or what would you put a more emphasis on um, in your program now – that you've had some time stepped away from the game and you're and looking back. Well, you know, yeah. the portal stuff, you, you'd have to integrate all that. And I, I really don't have put enough time into it to really just how I would do, I've done that. That's obviously important. Have enough money to have in the, to, the NIL and the, the money's in there to compete with the other places, you know, the other, the other places through alumni and everything might have, you know, $8 million. I'm throwing another out and, you know, maybe Missouri, they want to have three. We got problems. So that part of that. But as far as I, I always try to make myself better, too. I would run our same program. It worked for Don James when I played there, and you know, a long time ago. Uh, Nick Saban's on that team. Jack Lambert's on that team. It worked, it worked there. You know, he takes it to the University of Washington, win a national championship, works there. I pick it up, drop it in Toledo, Ohio, worked there, picked it up here. So I'd run the – I'd you know, people are people. I'd operationally run the same program. Um but, you know, understanding you have to deal with some of these other stuff that they do. Um, and, you know, I, I, I would probably not be as tough and disciplined early just because I'm older. But I wouldn't want to disappoint myself either. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, Matt, well, tell me this. What, what do you think your values and skill set allowed you to go from to be a head coach at an SEC school? What do you think was different that separated you from all the other coaches um, that you were mean, out there? That and becoming head coaches, you mean? Yeah, becoming you—you you personally achieving your goal yeah. of being a head coach at an SEC school. What skill set and values allowed you to do that? Was it your discipline? Was it you, the way you were able to build a culture? Because everything that when I think about you is you were able to inspire change into yeah. people and players and you set a standard that whether i was running routes by myself or we're in a scrimmage i'm thinking about not letting people down there i'm thinking about you i'm thinking about the team and it was ingrained it's still ingrained when we talk to our teammates now you know you were able to instill this change this this uh, expectation in all of us and raise our, our expectation you know what what value or skill set? How do you how um, were you able to find that through your your development of of uh, being a coach? You know, it's what's interesting is that you know I think it was like I don't know Coach James had fifteen coaches that played for him, or excuse me, worked for him, and and all got fired eventually. Most coaches got get fired eventually. At the end of the day, it's just it's winning losing. Can you compete? Can you at that level? You, you know about that. You guys see yeah, that all the time. Absolutely. It's crazy. What I did from the very beginning, and not to be redundant here, but what I did from the very beginning, I took what I learned from Don James, and I took from that and, and applied that whole philosophy and what we did. I put Gary Pinkle around it too. You know, we're different. Coach James and I are different. But 
I would still operationally run the same thing. I don't think, you know, teacher responsibility and accountability. I don't think any of those things. I think maybe some of the hard ass things I was on now being more mature, you know, and, and, you know, older, you might not you know, make players go through some certain things that you had to make them go through at the time. Um, but the whole, whole way about treating people, about, you know, you know being encouraging, be, you know, be confident, teaching values, you know, trusted, loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous. I mean, all these values. And we did that in our program. You did. One thing I did after you guys left, and I, I used to call it fatherly advice. I don't know if you ever heard I did it. I got the idea of just trying to get better. What I did was, I think I started this in 2010, I believe. And what I did is before our Thursday meeting, and I did it before, and I told the players before, I was going to get what I think called fatherly advice. And we're going to do something different before every. It's going to be about five minutes, then we're going to get into our game. Okay, but I think this is so important that I'm going to do it right now, 48 hours before we before we're playing LSU. Okay, and so I, I would do that, and maybe the first one was when you go out on a date, and you go and I talk about going on a date. You be polite, you treat a lady polite. You don't walk in front of her 15 feet, you know. Open the door for her. You just don't just trail around her. She can't. You, I mean, you, you don't do those kind of things. I mean, I can go on and on with that, and and I think that's that's some of the things that you really can do uh, to really make a difference, I think, in, in, in helping kids and be part of it. Out of all your years of coaching, this is probably going to be tough. What is your favorite memory? What is the one thing, if you could never have another memory about what you did, whether it's <laughs> how you made people feel, a good story, a big game, you get one, and you hate doing this. And you I love that one. <laughs> hey, you're, not, you're not allowed to give me the rules here. <laughs> Uh, well, well, um, so that's, that's hard to do. I, I, I look at, oh, there's a lot of things, man. I can look through any championship team. You can go find something, a story, every championship Mm -hmm. team. Fortunately, I've been a part of it, Kent State and, and, you know, at, at, uh, Washington and Toledo and here, I think everything's a part of that, uh, you know, because everybody's got their moment, but I, you know, I, I, I always tell people, the, you know, and you know what I'm going to say, the 2007 game sure. um, against Kansas yeah. in, in the stadium um, was I tried to explain to people, and I I coached in Rose Bowls, Orange Bowls. I've been a lot of you guys have been some big bowl games too now. Um, but the, I've been to big rival games, you know, I've been a part of that, and I've seen it on TV and been at them. I know Ohio State's against Michigan, SC, UCLA. You know, I go on and on, all the stuff. Uh, but uh, uh, Alabama uh, with uh, LSU. Um, but that environment that day was as, as big a environment as I've, I've ever been a part of in that game. I mean, it, it, it went up where with the best. You'd say, okay, you got to list the top, the, the top. Well, it's in the top. And not that some of the other games were not great too, but that one <laughs> kind of set a standard for us, you know, of, of kind of what to go through. But that game was truly, uh, one of the one of the biggest events ever against two great football teams, and I just want to win. My prayers, I just want. To, I don't know if you care about who wins, but I care who wins, and if you lend that to me, I feel better about it. So you know, I think that was truly. Uh, it was funny because you guys remember when we drove up on the buses? Oh yeah. Uh, and and we were going real real slow, and people were pounding the buses with the hands yep. right and everything. Well, I was so mad at myself because if you go to the Orange Bowl, or if you go to the Rose Bowl in Pasadena, when you get near the stadium, that's the same thing that happens. You get them, the Husky people, 
Well, wouldn't you know? We drive down there. We go down there right, right in the stadium, yeah. and they started. I was so mad because I looked back at my players, and you guys just got like this. Your eyes were like, "Dickle, what the heck is going on here?" Now, that's a lack of preparation from this guy. I should have covered something like that. But uh, anyway, that game was will always go down. There's been a lot of great games mm-hmm. I've been a part of, and, and and all you players have been a part of. But that's that's that's. I'm not going to say it's the greatest, but that game was very significant. And but we know it was the greatest. We'll football. take it. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and direction <laughs> Mizzou football went too. The direction yeah. of our program at that time was, was huge. Absolutely. Um, we'll transition in a little bit now to what you're doing now. Um, GP made, talk to us a little bit about that. Lift that up. Tell us um, a little bit about the organization, what you've been able to do and what you want to do in the future with it. Well, I must take care of my players when I retired at 15 and, um, I didn't have a plan when I retired. I had none. Uh, I did a lot of talks on teamwork and leadership, which is, which has been fun to do the businesses and corporations and things. But my wife asked me, she goes, what do you, she goes, what do you, uh, were you okay? And I said, I'm okay. And she goes, what's up? I said, well, I, I miss, I miss my players, you know, by the way, my players, you're two of them. They drove me freaking crazy too. Okay, right. this, this was not all love, love, love. It was, it was quiet love, but I, but I didn't miss them. I missed being around my players a lot. Mm-hmm. And so then I decided to, and she said, why don't you start a foundation? So we it's called the GP foundation. Um, Zoom made this M-A-D-E. She came up with my brilliant wife came up with, uh, make a difference every day, M A D E. I mean, mm-hmm. how she brought, got that up. She's a Mizzou grad, by the way. Um, <laughs> anyway, so uh, then we then we got it going, and we just we had to decide what we wanted to do. Um, the, the first we had like three pillars for it. First one was kids that have cancer, and this is all about kids we're dealing with eight, 17, 18 and under. Uh, a big one of the big things we do and we stick with is research. One thing I learned about cancer is. You know, you know, research is, 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 our, is our way out. That's the way to do it. And and we get better. And so money to do that, you should feel great. If you give $100 to, to research for cancer, uh, and especially for leukemia and for lymphoma too, because that's the one that I'm most interested in uh, for kids, uh, boy, you can make a huge difference. So that's that's one component there. The other one is, you know, as you well know, my brother and sister were in wheelchairs growing up. And so, uh, you know, so kids have physical challenges. And we, there's a place called the Learning Center, which is in, which is in Jeff City that does gets these kids that has these physical challenges. They're born with these things. An hour and a half outside, they bust them in and work with these kids. That's a number of things that we do with that. Again, that's part of my family. I grew up in a family, you know, that had a, my sister's older than me, my brother's younger than me, and uh, I didn't give the they did. And so that's one of the other uh, other ones. Then the third one is going in homes uh, all around the country that I've been in, every state, every city. Some homes that were really, really challenging homes to be living in. Um, you know, some courageous moms and dads, uh, a lot of poverty, a lot of kids that don't get a whole lot of direction. Mm-hmm. But we always felt like we could help those kids, players we recruited. I mean, there, there's no question. We plug them in. We're, we're your dads. We're all that other stuff. Right. Uh, that was our responsibility. But what can we do now to help these kids? And one of them is scholarships. So we got 31 scholarships, 34 scholarships out right now in St. Louis, Kansas City, and, and, and uh, Columbia. And they're renewable scholarships, um, $2,500 every year, renew as long as you hit your grade responsibilities. But that's that's doing something that gets your education, the emphasis, so you can go out and support your family and, and, and take that responsibility. Right. And then there's other mentoring we've been doing with young kids and mentoring and bringing them in and talking to them about 
you know, about, you know, work, hard work makes dreams come true. Talk about, you know, values, talk about caring about people, talking about, you know, things that they don't hear very much. So those three components are where we put our funds in. I like to say this year is our third one. We have a golf outing. Um, every year we have the golf outing. Next year the golf outing is May 23rd. Uh, we had a golf outing last year, this whole year that produced, and we've raised about this year's about, about uh, 365 days. So make a difference every day. We yeah. have $365 that's what we, that we raised this year, which is good. First year we raised about 200 and we got up about 275 Our goal is to get to get big and help as many kids as we can. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been very rewarding for me. That's been very rewarding. I'm doing something significant, you know, yeah. helping my players be better, not, not only winning, be better people. Right. I started doing that fatherly advice thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Our guys got to hear more from me about, about how to be better people. Sure. And so, um, anyway, that's been it. It's been great for me. Uh, I got like great, like great people around me, mm-hmm. and we plan on you know getting it going and going and, and from that point on. Well, I uh, just uh, full disclosure, I've been privileged to sit on the board for the foundation, and uh, I really appreciated that, enjoyed that, and it's just incredible to see the difference that uh, this organization is able to make. So coach, if you want to tell people how they can give or how they can support where they can find you online, uh, those kinds of things we can get you go online, go at, at Gary Pinkle or at gpmade.com. If you go online for that, uh, at Gary Pinkle at gpmade.com. And then there you can go in and you can find out uh, to where to, where to go. And I, I appreciate that. We're going to get another, we have two big money makers. We want the par three, which I said is May 23rd. And then the other big money maker that we're going to do is next year. You guys probably be a part of this, this too. You will eventually. Um, we're going to have a gala and and get a big 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 Saturday college football day, mm-hmm. a Sunday night before. Have a couple players there, black black tie, you know. Right, and this it's going to be scholarship Thursday night. That's what it's going to be. Oh, sure. We're going to raise money for scholarships. We want to get more help, more with education. So that's coming up. So. And, and your kindness, I appreciate you guys and being a part of that too. You know all that stuff, and all, all the, you, know, you guys are great people. And did, I, did, did let me ask you something? Did, did I, I, you know, I've coached a lot of players, mm-hmm. but I have to say this right now because it just came to me. I, I thought about this. Did did, you, did we did we have a fake uh, field goal that you two guys were directly involved in? Oh yeah, Nebraska yeah. baby. That's the right. <laughs> Nebraska, oh, baby. Awesome. You talk about big <laughs> players. Well, you, you think about big. You think when that when, when that stuff happens, you know that stuff's the that's the that's the toughest itself, you know. But, oh, and you know, I wanted to go to Nebraska. That was my deal. Oh, I know. So I, know. To- <laughs> I remember went a home visit with him. I think I, I think I, t- I, I told you this, Tommy. I went home visit. His mom and dad are great people, and and they're walking around doing things. Uh, Coach Hill and I are in there, but there is red Nebraska red freaking <laughs> everywhere in that house. And, and I, you, they got up and walked, you guys walked somewhere to do something. And yeah. I looked at Andy and I said, there's no way in the world these guys not come to, there's no room to fit anything from a zoo on any wall. There's none. Wouldn't you know it? And what, you know what Andy Hill said to me? He goes, I think I get him coach. <laughs> Go chill. You're talking about a good recruiter, man. That guy yeah. was worth his weight in gold, wasn't he? Yeah. He was yeah. He had a lot of great recruiters. It was a lot of good people. So. Anyway, thank you. And I, I got to say this too. Thank you for having me on here. I appreciate that. And a lot of memories. Um, I got to, I got to also thank you guys. And, and I, I say this to you all the time, personally, when I talk to you on the phone, I've been, I've done it. I say it a lot, 
but I always thank you for all you did for me and for University of Missouri. I mean, you made a difference. I mean, you made a difference in that university and made it a better uh, university. And so I, I tell my players that all the time. You've heard me say it five times, each one of you. Anytime I get on the phone, talk to any player, I'm going to say that at the end because you, because you got to know you're appreciated. And that's why I want to get like to get our players a little bit more as we're talking more involved with being able to get to games and making sure they're recognized for championship games and make sure those kind of things that we can do for you guys because uh, just as, as guys have made great uh, great things happen for Ohio State, you guys you guys made great things happen for University of Missouri. So thank you for that. Absolutely, and thank you very much. You know, it's oftentimes that we don't get to say these things before someone has gone on, you know, or something like that and somebody's sick and that's when everybody wants to get to it. But like, I just want to say thank you as well, because as while I was at Mizzou, I knew I was a part of something special. I went to Mizzou to be a part of something special, but that's actually what happened. And not just on the field, but all of those things that you talk about with the program and how you guys put an emphasis on developing us as young men. Um, there's just, there's no price tag you could put on. I thought I was going there to play football, which I did. But when football was all done, just like the emphasis, you know, you put on guys getting their degree, that's where you become an income earner for the rest of your life. There's a about, but the average, there's about a 50 year gap between the average ending of an NFL career and uh, the end of when you stop working. And so preparing me for that 50 year gap, didn't really know quite how it was going to work out, knew it was going down, but the things that I was able to take away from that program not only helped me make it through my five-year journey in the NFL, because there was ups and downs in that, and all that mental toughness and all of the leadership things that you guys instilled in me and entrusted me with really helped propel me forward. And now, as a business owner myself, I'm able to take people who are in tough conditions and give them employment, but also give them responsibility and standards to live up to that help enrich their lives and what they're doing. And by giving some of the folks that work for me a job, what it does is it establishes habits in their household of you don't yeah. have to go to the corner in the morning or in the afternoon, sleep till noon, play video games, go sell drugs, come home. You get up at 6, 7, 30, 7 in the morning, you go to work, you provide for your family, you come home and you start to give the folks that are in your sphere a better life and an opportunity for even greater than what you're achieving. And being able to do that has been so rewarding and enriching for me. But having those building blocks that I took from being a young man at Mizzou has made all the difference. And being in the professional work field when I was working for someone else and seeing the lack of accountability in grownups was astounding. I couldn't believe the things that we were responsible for and the standards we were held to as teenagers and young 20s, young men, that some of these people who are grownups haven't figured it out. So you guys did such a great job. I'm very appreciative of you coming on this show, but just for the impact that you've had on my life, the support that you've always given me even after I left and even just so little as coming on this show. You've never changed, and that was the one thing. It works. You change. <laughs> That's what you said. <laughs> and you've never changed, Absolutely. and I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I didn't think I said stuff like that all the time. <laughs> well, yeah, Coach, and um... – you know, the one thing as I look back and after having kids, you start really looking back at uh, where you learned all your values and what you want to instill in them. And it's, you know, what you instilled in us and pouring into, I mean, mostly young black 
men, yeah. um, teaching them core values uh, and how to treat people. And, and, you know, being in football and being in athletics, there's such an emphasis on getting better every single day. Improvement, improvement, improvement. Looking at the last game, this is what you did wrong. This is what you do better. Looking at the next game. But as I sit back and look, you were always present. It was always about today, get, getting better today, acknowledging that, hey, we're doing great. You're doing great, just like you said here and said, thanking us for it and treating people with respect and giving them the praise and in the moment and not focusing on the past or the future. And that's something that um, has stuck with me and the way you support. It wasn't just that you supported me and our teammates for the you know four or five years that we're there. It continues to go on afterwards, investing in people's businesses, um, connecting them with uh, people, helping their careers, talking with them, mentoring. This is who you are. This was not a, hey, we're trying to win some football games. This is right. Gary Pinkle, who he is at his uh, core. And, um, I mean, Mizzou is, is better because of you. And there's hundreds, if not thousands, of men that are – um, dramatically better because of um, they got to be in your presence. So thank you for um, just being the man that you are. Well, thank you. I, you know, it's uh, it was all about you know just as you all know, it's just about me. It's about our staff, all the people that touched you. We're all part of that process. You know, we're all part of being on the same teams that you're talking about being. We all were doing that, and uh, and you know, great things happen when it comes from them. Uh, you know, I talk to you guys all the time, you know, and anything you need from me, let, let me know. And uh, uh, thanks so much for helping, helping with my foundation, too. Yeah. Uh, but also, uh, we're proud of you guys for great young men you turn into. Thanks a lot, Coach. Hey, go to Mizzou. Go to Mizzou, man. Absolutely. We want to give a big shout out to our sponsor, 360 Vodka. Thanks to the Kansas City Sports Network. And thanks to Coach Pinkle for coming on the show today. It's always great to see you. Can't wait till we run into you again. And uh, try not to get a sunburn down there in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> M-I-Z, baby. B-O-U. Thanks, guys. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash blue wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.